the myth turns. Because mythology is the greatest soap opera of all time. With your cultural interns, Eris. And Z. Interns, because we're not professionals. And we're not getting paid. Hey guys, it's Eris. And I'm with, uh, I'm with CJ right now. Because, uh, we are quarantined. Um, not like, well, okay, yes, for sickness reasons. We're not sick that we know of. We don't have any symptoms. I'm also drunk. We're doing a very special, normally scheduled episode because I couldn't get together with Z, what with us living in different houses, to, um, do an episode. Um, yes, can't get together with Z to do an episode, but wanted to fill our time slot so I got drunk and I'm recording um, a, a thing by myself. And CJ is my my designated uh, co-host driver to make sure that I don't crash this podcast into like a guardrail. And my kid is eating food. My kid is eating food. <laughs> he's, Swerved he's, right towards that guardrail. <laughs> Eagles chop chop. Okay, okay. No, Whew, I'm taking a drink. Okay, so today is a little different. Normally, when we get drunk, we say, uh, we tell, uh, we tell uh, a fa- mythology fairy tale, mythology story. Like, I usually say Norse mythology. I poured a lot of vodka in this. I'm just now realizing I should not have poured an inch and a half into this Two glass. Two shots of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Sandra D video with just a splash of vodka. Glug, 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 glug. Y'all know that? I might I might put a link of that in the description. Y'all should see this video. It's so good. It's that um slightly homemade show that they used to have. Oh, thank you, babe. I do need water. Um, Okay, okay, okay. So usually I talk about... um. Norse mythology, Z, Z does Greek mythology, uh, and today I'm going to do a little different. Today is going to be like kind of like a regular episode. Um, I'm just drunk. And I, I promise I haven't been drunk this whole time. Like, I've been quarantined since March 15th, and it is now, out of this point, moment in time, it's April 22nd. I've not been drunk the whole time. In fact, I haven't been drunk for months. I've done... I've been high twice but I've done really good with the not being with the alcohol so um this is hitting harder than I thought it would be um I just didn't want to drink during quarantine because I thought it might have set a bad precedent anyway so today I'm talking about um board games yes I'm drunk and I'm talking about board games you know what's really weird is that um I like I really appreciate board games and the history of board games. Like I admire their craft. I'm not a big board game player myself. Like once I am introduced into the equation of board games, things go awry. She is not good at strategy. It's true. I am not. I'm a SMG girl. Like when I play a first person shooter video game, spray and pray. I yeah. I want the gun that makes all the bullets happen. So just apply that to board games. <laughs> If you, okay, 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 okay. If you can tell me in the comments a board game where that strategy would work, let me know I'd kick ass at that game. I really would. 
maybe Space Team, but that's a... Oh, man, I, I don't know. I just want to spray bullets and dice all over the board. <laughs> God, that sounded dirty when I said it. <laughs> CG just shaking his head. Okay, okay, okay. But, like, oh, but the history of board games is really super interesting. Like, they are prehistory. They, we invented board games before we invented language. The very first thing we ever had that we played with were dice. That we, we made them off of, and I, we, like humans, early civilization, 6,000 BC, no, yes? 6,000 BC, our carved dice sets were like different holes were punctured on different sides to make essentially dice and they were played in some form or fashion that has then been like built up and evolved different cultures had their own take on it or whatever but like we invented games before we invented language which just like fucking blows me out of the water i mean I, how could that how was that not cool like I gotta face the microphone. Yes. <clears throat> I'm reminding myself now. I get on to Z about this all the time. I'm gonna take a drinky poo. I'll be back in like two seconds. While she drinks, I'm gonna point out that she probably means like written language because it takes a lot of work to agree on rules for dice without having language. I don't, no, know how, I, don't right. know, I don't know how pedantic the audience is. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, we definitely communicated. Um, ooh, that made a big spike. Weird. Okay, I don't know what... Uh, that that was me. Be... I am very loud at times. Okay, all right. Well, I got... I See, here's the thing. I could send this to Mac to edit, but this is like an heiress show right now. So, yeah, probably there was definitely like, like a formalized communication system. Yeah, probably pre-written. But still, that's pretty cool. Like... It's theorizing linguistics. Linguistics. <laughs> That's a hard word to say. Um, <laughs> in linguistology, <laughs> renamed it. It's cool. I just like linguini, except linguistics. Lingu Those probably ling aren't related. Ling linguinis, <laughs> just like in linguinis. <laughs> um, we probably learned written language, or at least a form of it. Really, really fucking early too, because of uh, leaving signs is is a form of written language, and we probably left signs of go this way for safety, for water, for danger, etc. To communicate with each other um, in our own like family uh, tribes and clans, you know. And the, but yeah, we probably left messages to ourselves and and like you know took rocks and carved them into trees. Um, surely at least pretty those, early. Surely at least one of those signs was "Come here to play cool board games," which is oh yeah, like your topic. Two second. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like two seconds after we invented, here's how do you get food? Be like, here's how you get games. Also, okay, so so games, board like dice and board games. Um, earliest pieces were found in Turkey, which is part of like the Fertile Crescent, where all of civilization bloomed in Middle East. Um, where all of um, <clears throat> civilization, you know, people gathered together, and when people gathered together, culture happens. So anyway, um, so five thousand years ago, they, or rather, we found a site that's five thousand years old, um, where 
like carved and painted stones were found. Um, like like forty nine carved and painted stones, part of a gaming set, and and from five thousand years ago in this exact area is also where we like we humans invented uh, booze, a papyrus, breath mints, and calendars. They all came about at approximately the same time, along with board games. I don't know. I just think that's really fucking cool that like. Right as we figured out, what if we lived together in close proximity, you know, for, like, easier access to food and safety to, like, safety. And we can we can get together to help gather, because like, you know, to get food or farm food. And then immediately thereafter, like, what if we got drunk? And what if we played some board games? What if we made a weekly game night? Let's invent a calendar that'll help us remind us of what day we're supposed to get together with our neighbors to play some dice. I feel like <laughs> that's not far off from also the invention of currency. Oh, which, absolutely. You know, <laughs> which you know. I like the fact that breath mints are also happen the same time as booze. Well, buddy, we're, ro- we're rolling <laughs> dice together. You got some real stank going on here. Eat this leaf. <laughs> I just, I'm so fascinated by the fact, like, you can really see what humanity, human, all of humanity's priorities are <laughs> in a in a culture by looking at what were the first things. It's kind of like the what's his what's the guy he stole he stole it from indigenous peoples. Mas Maslow Ma- Maslow the, the 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 hierarchy of needs. Our hierarchy of needs, as soon as we got, I, rain doesn't kill me. I don't get eaten by whatever I get eaten by. T- bears and tigers, I guess. Wizard of Oz folks. Um, and I got food to feed me. Like, it's like the very next thing we're like. We Board got, games and breath mints. Board games and breath mints is number two. <laughs> we're like, we're good, we're golden. After that, we'll invent religion. Who cares? We've got board games, we've got breathments, i got food in my belly. I guess now I can figure out about God or whatever. I just, uh, I find it, I'm, I just made the supposition that board games were invented before God. There is actually some evidence of that, but it's very con... Controversial? Controversial? Contentious. Controversial works too. Yeah, they're still arguing about like which came first. At some point, I don't think it really matters. I think board games and God, not not God like singular, like, like, like board games and religion, I think probably came about close enough. Possibly different sectors, possibly the same sector. Who knows? Maybe priests got bored and invented board games. I don't know. Um, but like it came out close enough that it's probably a moot point now. Anyway, um, so like at this at this time, five thousand years ago, dice were made from a, like a variety of materials, um, including like human bone, but also like turtle shells and wood and painted stones and stuff like that. Uh, that's like you see this a lot in fantasy novels where the term like knuckle bones came from like that's like actually a real thing they were made from knuckle bones so they would take <clears throat> actual knuckle bones from people's and turn them into board games so isn't that listen i've seen um where you can get your your dead body turned into like gemstones and stuff look i mean if you're not using your fingers anymore like I may be- as well be entertainment for the community 
I mean, somebody who makes their living as some type of gamer, I just say you, you, you should look into this of donating your body to board games. <laughs> that would be kind of. You could, you could, you that's could, gross for you could, me. You My arms sell, are tingling. You could sell your body for a, you know, <laughs> recreation of like the operation game. Mm. Just, you know, hook up the car battery in the in the red light and you're oh. fine. Isn't that basically torture? Uh, I that's mean not if you're dead. To... Oh, that's true. That's <laughs> what they do to people when they're duct taped to chairs and they have information that you need. <laughs> do they hook the red light up in the burger too? <laughs> I'll leave you zap the <laughs> I'm almost done with this vodka. I'm drinking Icelandic vodka and cranberry juice. I always ask Z what they're drinking. And they never seem enthused. <laughs> I like that word. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, I have some notes. Anyway, okay. So, like, um, games, games were kind of always popular, but they got, like, super popular. Um, in Egypt, when the pharaohs, like, named those, like, it's, like, this is the purest pastime for kings and whatnot. Um, the game they were mostly playing was called Senate, which started off as just a board game. Um, and it's kind of, like, very, um, uh, I've played this game before, and now I can't remember the name of it. It's, so, like, a long box that you move pieces on in kind of, like, a row, Later on, it got, like, cultural significance attached to it as, like, a religion. Um, I'm, I'm, like, here in my notes. Anyway, I'm, I'm pointing at my notes to CJ. Anyway, it got, like, cultural and religious significance attached to it because it's, um, became a metaphor for, like, the journey of the soul in the afterlife. But it did start as a board game and it got super popular because all the pharaohs played it. Um... I'm just a real, real quick, I'm going to blast you through history of board games. War-inspired military strategy games hap happened about 1300 BC, so they're super old. Those were like the birth, the grandfather of chess. Chess hasn't quite been invented yet, but it's getting there. Um, is this like shogi and stuff? Or yeah, is that it's, even... it's pre-shogi. It's this game called Labio. It's um, from China. Okay. Actually, China had like five or six different war strategy board games. A lot of to be fair, China had a lot of a lot of war. The, yeah, a lot of like sensational war, like war that was talked about in not gonna say newspapers, but like they were romanticized. I mean, how many times can we get the the War of the Three Kingdoms retold? Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so one of, uh, oh, uh, Hopscotch, like not really a board game, but Hopscotch is a game that like children, especially Western children, we all know 500 BC, Rome invented it like full on in Rome. There are actual, like they actually paved their street in different colored stone and different color, like, um, cobblestone kind of tile. Like they weren't cobblestones. They were actually like bricks, um, uh, but like tinier. Like, like almost like a mosaic, but like they're like people would do their houses, the first like area foyer part of their house, um, and they would like actually built in hopscotch pads. They were so popular, like among rich people, obviously who could afford to get like floors, their floor tiled like that. Yeah, but like um, also floors in general, because <laughs> floors were a thing. 
that you needed money to afford. Anyway, um, but yeah, so Hopscotch was actually a game that was, oh, thank you, babe. Uh, that was that that was invented in Rome, 500 BC. So like, that is one of the first games that's played today. To this day, children are playing Hopscotch, and I'm sure in Rome it wasn't called Hopscotch, but it was this. It's literally the same rule set, different different rhymes to go along with it, but the same play was involved. Children would toss a stone. It would land in a square and then the kids would have to like hop to it without passing the border or bouncing out of of the block like it's hopscotch um also incidentally this is the first time we start to see games as primarily targeted towards children um before it was an adults only like it was kind of like board games are what's learned adults do with other adults usually with a glass of wine kind of thing and now board games and, and other games and stuff like that are seen as um uh things that like you can directly give to children um uh, which is kind of where we were in like the 70s 80s and 90s of modern culture now we've kind of actually gone to like there's the kitty board games and then there's the adult board games i'm gonna get to that later chess was invented in 400 a.d there's a bunch of other shit um oh shit i take it back um the first game that we know of that's pretty much the same i'm that's a hard sentence to say backgammon was invented in 2000 bc is the oldest still played modern game. People still play backgammon? Really? Actually, yes. I'm not here. Okay. Europe plays it. All right. I mean, Apparently, it's like really popular. Are in they really people? Well, I mean, it's the Dutch, so. That's exactly. <laughs> like, there's only two things I hate in this world people who are ignorant of other people's cultures. And the Dutch. And the Dutch. We love you, Holland. It's fine. <laughs> So I'm quoting Austin Powers. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Austin Powers is not highbrow literature. <laughs> anyway, You're fine, Colin. Actually, I like backgammon. I've, I've actually, I, I know how to play. play. It's, it's been a while since I've played, but I actually enjoy it. Um, strategy's not as hard as chess. Like, there's definitely some deep brow thinking that goes into it if you get good. But, like, the moves are simple. It's closer to it checkers. It strikes me as like check, yeah, checkers yeah. level strategy. I can't handle too many rules. <laughs> My brain starts to go, no, this isn't for me. <laughs> right about at rule seven. <laughs> you you can get a good six rules into me before I go, eh, I'm not so sure about this. Anyway, so Batgam and then Hot Scotch. There's also um, this game called Ur that's supposedly the longest running game, but... To be fair, I hang out with gamers. Now, granted, I'm coming from a very American culture. I've never heard of Ur before. And the rule set sounds very similar to lots of games that I've played. And so I kind of wonder if, like, there isn't just some type of universality about it. Because, like, essentially, a lot of tabletop games, once you kind of boil them down to their essence, they're all very similar. Um, so anyway, uh, but what I want to talk about, like, the biggest... Po game possibly ever um and that's the landlord's game <laughs> which you probably know better as monopoly um so so I, i'm 
sure a lot of millennials have heard this before because like it's kind of really big cap anti-capitalistic talking point and a lot of millennials me bilennials then that's also me um a lot of millennials are very anti-capitalistic you know because our capitalistic country has 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 fucked us over in a multitude of terrible ways. Oh god, you don't have time to get into this on this episode. I really don't. Anyway, I was aiming for 15 minutes. I think I might be hitting that mark. I'm still going to talk about Monopoly. Okay, so it was eventually originally invented and titled The Landlord's Game. It's by a lady named Lizzie Maggie, who was actually, um, she was one of the first board game designers, America's first board game designers. I'm, when I said first board game designers, that was very American of me. I meant specifically in the country of America. She wasn't like from 5000 BC. Anyway, um, she, she actually did a whole bunch of games, but like the, the landlord's game is, pro- is, is obviously the most popular one. Because it's still popular to this day. It's fucking insane how many versions of Monopoly there are now. There's a Legend of Zelda Monopoly. What the fuck? <laughs> Why? Anyway. um, So she made it specifically to be anti-capitalist, essentially. She was incredibly worried about this new kind of proposed economy system and it's this whole idea of like you own property and then you lent it out to tenants etc etc it's a way to get money and it's also a way that you can go further into it and base like economy after it is what we've based some of our own economy in modern day now after and she was incredibly skeptical of it she was incre- in fact incredibly and right and honestly i'm gonna put it on opinion here rightfully so worried that um Basically, what happens is that the people who own the property get rich and tenants become impoverished. Like, not just lose money, but become so poor they can never escape debt. Sound like which, a thing that happens today? Which, which is, in addition to, like, mood. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it also sounds like literally every game of Monopoly that's ever been played. Mm-hmm. Which, hey, in case you were unaware... That's exactly how she designed it to be. All the Parker brothers did was change the names of certain things. That's it. They, they never changed the rule, the, the core tenets of the game. They never changed the rule set. They did not even change the board design, how many cards or how many pieces are in play. All they did was change some of the names and instead of, they said like they, they had the go square instead of this incredibly long phrase that was like, onto Mother Earth we do, uh, we do work and then earn wages that are taken from us or something like that. It's this really long phrase that was on the go square. Yeah, okay. And then you got $100. They changed it to $200. And that has been only semi-recently. Um, I can see why they changed that. That would be a real mood killer if they hadn't. Also like a lot of words to write and a little square. I think they were just like, fuck it. There, they just say, call it go. There are, of <laughs> course, the the updated versions of Monopoly now um, that no one has played because they're all garbage. Because Monopoly <laughs> is uh, the most popular board game, but it's also the most garbage game. It's uh, Yeah. I mean, and then she kind of invented it essentially to be garbage. She, she came up with it in 1903. She patented it in 1904. 
she specifically wanted to make it as a board game because she saw this 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 idea that's being propagated in in bankers and economists um she was incredibly worried about it but like she immediately received pushback when she brought them up in like newspapers and stuff so she's like one of the best ways like like i as a person who already invents games what if i made this as a game and then um kind of like promoted it to children at the very least i can then get children to under like if i can give them essentially she didn't say this i'm 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 gonna kind of mis paraphrase this but like what if i give them ptsd from playing this terrible ass game and that will make them kind of double think their entire capitalistic notions in their lives that's kind of where she was going with because she's like if i give it to kids and make them realize that this whole system of economy is fucking awful then maybe they won't engage in it um which is kind of eh. i mean i have been victimized by monopoly on several different occasions maybe it worked because I'm very anti-capitalist. I mean, as much as... as <laughs> I'm just trapped inside the would, system that I, I, I can't change. You, yeah, you would think that as many times Monopoly has been sold that we would be living in a different system by now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think what happens is the people who do have money are like, well, I'll just buy my way out of it. And that's like, that it just only further fuels the hey, Georgism. Hey man, I'll trade you this property if you give me that get-out-of-jail-free card you have. If you make Monopoly and you have some house rules that are very socialist and also you allow prostitution as a legalized as opposed to decriminalized. No, no, no. I'm, I did that wrong. As a decriminalized crime as opposed to a legalized crime. Legalized means that you still need a license for it. Decriminalized means the cops just don't come after you. Like, Monopoly works a lot better. Speaking of socialized rules and Monopoly, free parking isn't a thing. That's just a house rule that everyone does. The only thing free parking does is it gives you a place where you don't have to pay anybody money. Yeah. So Monopoly was like the big thing I wanted to talk about. Oh, the last... Here's some here's some really quick facts about board games that I really enjoy. That's a terrible intro. I'm going to redo that segment. Um, <laughs> so, so Monopoly is still their like highest grossing game ever. Um, there's no segment for the... There's no seg... Segway, segway, like the little scooter things that you balance on. Anyway, did you know there's an Oscars of board games? There's like, there's like awards for everything and board games have, have some. Um, they're German? Yeah, I believe so. Spiel des Je Spiels de Jehars. Jahres? I don't know how to pronounce it. I never learned German. And my old English is shit. So anyway, um, they're the they're the the Oscars of board games. Um, they have lots of different rating categories now. Um, I believe it was the seventies, late seventies or so that they were that the the, the kind of like the, these awards came into existence, or at the very least, like big name popularity. Um, like I said, they had lots of lots of different like. Um, Things that they test on design, quality, originality, creativity, blah blah blah. Um, games that w are nominated have a huge boost. And like, I, I saw some numbers in like 2010, um, a game that got nominated had before and that year had sold 3,000 units. As soon as their nomination hit, they had sold 30,000 units. 
um, a game that wins can easily hit 100,000 to a million units sold. So despite the fact that, like, it's not, they're not doing a popularity contest, like, which games have already, um, I'm not exactly sure about the nomination process, but for the most part, they really are looking for quality of game. How well is it designed? What, how much, like, you know, as much as it's subjective, how well does it feel to play? Like, do people like playing it? Um, yeah, they, they really do look at the quality and the design of the game. Um, Settlers of Catan actually won this. I want to say, nope, that's wrong. I don't remember what name they, I don't, name, I don't remember what year they won that, but that's kind of, Settlers of Catan, um, have been like America's modern day, um, like big game, big board game seller. Um, it, there's tons of variations of it now, but yeah, it won, it won like the award, like the Oscar, the number one, you know, the one everyone fights over the big one, like best actor, not like best sound effects guy. Although man, that's would be a hard job. Sound effects guy. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about all my podcast editing. That would be a hard job. I feel I feel proud and bad for all those people at the same time. Anyway, um, but um, I also the last thing I wanted to talk about is Kickstarter, like the company. Um, it is directly proportional to how many board games, not not just how many board games we have now, but our culture of board games in 2009. Kickstarter literally heralded in the golden age of board games. Board games have become way more popular. Way more people have regular board game nights in their homes now than ever before. Um, I, well, I won't say ever. Like, hearkening back to the Roman era. Like, in like it's, it's basically unprecedented how much board games are played now, at least in America, um, but but definitely all over the world. And it is literally directly related to Kickstarter. Their company has, wasn't necessarily funded or started to make board games, but that's that has definitely been the place to get them started. If you are a designer and you have a good deal, a good idea, you don't necessarily, like, used to be the avenue that you had was to approach Milton Brothers or Parker Brothers to try to get your game made, to approach a, a company um, and, and kind of go through a very long and vigorous process, in which case, most of the time, you have to sell almost all of your rights out to that company for not just, like, distribution, which is kind of normal in, like, say, publishing a book, but, like, all creativity control, everything you sell to those companies, they get like you get money for it for sure, and you see your game out there on the on on the shelves later. But it's not really your game anymore. Um, a lot of times they, it goes through a lot of editing and a lot of like peer review testing and like focus groups to make it more jazzy and more sellable. Um, now you can kind of just get on Kickstarter, and there's a big enough community now. That you can put your game on Kickstarter and if it's well designed, it's going to have some follow. Um, yeah, anyway. 
So when you're thinking about that quarantine, um, you know, with all this going on and you're having your own board game night, I don't know. Here's some, like, cool information about board games and the history of board games and facts about board games that, I don't know, I just put in all your ear holes. So, um, anyway, uh, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks for listening, and, um, well, I'll, we'll, we'll talk to you in two weeks. Okay, bye! Thanks for listening, and don't forget to like, 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 and subscribe to As The Myth Turns on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and email us at asthemythturns at gmail.com. Transcripts for this episode can be found at our WordPress site, asthemythturns.wordpress.com. Our theme song is called Fretless by Kevin McLeod. You can find this song and all his others at incompetent.com. 